Welcome to Flip the Switch on Life podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Marie. I'm an embodiment life coach here to help you live an empowered and soulful life. I guide women towards self-healing to take back their power so that they can start living life by their own rules and embrace their true authenticity. This podcast is your go-to where I will be giving you all the tools and resources to start the process of self-healing, doing the deep inner work, and developing your spiritual wellness. There is so much power in embodying your true self, but we often allow fear and comfortability control our lives keep us playing small and settling for less than we deserve. By learning to rewire your subconscious, you will discover your truest and your highest self. You will learn how to take back control and flip the switch on your life. So thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the episode. This episode is all about how to process and self-regulate your emotions. This episode is going to be jam-packed, so juicy, and it's going to really dive into why emotions are so challenging to deal with, how trauma and triggers affect our processing of emotions, and the three ways that we process, and that after we know how we process our emotions, we're going to talk about how to process them in a healthy way, how to recognize, how to digest, and how to neutralize your emotions so that every time you feel a heightened emotion come up, you know exactly how to recognize it, how your body handles it, and how to actually process it so you can find more peace within that experience. So let's dive right in. All right, getting into the episode, let's dive into how to process. And first and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about why it's so challenging for us to process our emotions first and foremost. It's so challenging to process negative emotions if you want to call them. I don't necessarily like to call them negative emotions just because an emotion is, every single emotion is validated. But for the sake of this, let's talk about the icky, the uncomfortable emotions. And I find it so challenging to process those and regulate them because we don't know how. We were never really taught um, as a society, especially in our generation or my generation, that it's okay to process what you feel. And I think a lot of people are challenged with those uncomfortable, icky emotions, especially when you're dealing with conflict or when you're dealing with a traumatic event, a loss, a death, um, a breakup, right? All these different emotions and experiences that we feel, we're really kind of taught to just keep going, right? I don't know if you ever heard of the expression of time heals all or just keep getting up and keep moving on, keep on keeping on, right? And in truth, that doesn't do anything. Time will not heal your wound if you don't actually address it and move through it and process it. And I think now as a collective, we're more than ever so focused on our mental health especially after the pandemic we've all recognized like hey there is something deeper here i think as a collective we are at a place of normalizing talking about our feelings normalizing self-healing normalizing taking mental health days from work 
right? So with all of that being said, just you taking a second and reflecting on how you experienced your childhood and reflecting on how did your parents handle their conflict? Because when we can start looking back and thinking about how our parents or our caregivers handled themselves in conflict, um, how you have handled really hard conversations or situations, you can probably start to realize if there were any misalignments or missing pieces to you actually moving through experiences. I also think we could probably all take a moment and acknowledge that in our past at some point, we maybe still haven't processed something that has happened to us traumatically that's maybe we think about every now and again, or that's maybe affecting something within our life currently. So with all of that, that is a reason why it is so challenging for us to process our emotions. We were never taught. We were never acknowledged through it. And whatever you have specifically gone through in your life, that plays a big role in how you're processing it. And we can also dive into the trauma and the trigger effects of processing emotions in a healthy way. I know all of us listening to this podcast right now really feel inclined to learn a better technique, to feel more confident to process and also regulate ourselves, regulate our nervous system from being so in this fight or flight or this trauma response and being triggered. It's so overwhelming sometimes and it's so stressful when that happens and we're in a conflict conversation with somebody or something happens to us and we just internalize it and that's all we're thinking about it and we're driving ourselves crazy, right? So in this episode, I really want to give you guys tangible tools to help start rewiring your brain so you can start taking away practices and reflection of how to process emotions in a healthy way. Okay, so let's get scientific for a quick second. So traumatic stress activates the amygdala. So the amygdala is right in front of the hippocampus in our brain. And the amygdala helps us process emotions. That's all you really need to know. The amygdala also helps us regulate how we respond to fear and create emotional memories. So something to think about is that we have implicit and explicit memories. And the work that I do with my clients, I use a technique called parts of memory therapy. And we actually dive into the implicit memory because that's where the traumatic events live. So for example, if you've had a traumatic experience, let's say a Let's say your dad, for example, or one of your caregivers really made you work for their affection, for example, and maybe that wasn't fully digested. Again, that wasn't processed. So then throughout your life, maybe you were attracting partners that would make you work for their affection. So with that being said, parts and memory therapy, we actually work with those unconscious memories because they hold a lot of uncomfortable or negative emotions. So with that being said, the way that parts of memory works is that we actually work with that emotion, work with that experience to neutralize that emotion. Because you guys, we have to realize 
is that the reason why we are triggered so often is because there is an unhealed wound. We will never be able to erase a memory, but we can neutralize that emotion experienced and attached to that memory. When we can do that, guess what happens? We take our power back. It no longer holds control over our lives. It is so powerful. So with that, traumatic stress overactivates the amygdala. And when this happens, our fear responses become more intense. And guess what? We store that emotion. We store that traumatic event so that when we are faced with that again, we get triggered. And it's because our ego is protecting us. There is a protection shield within our brain and our body, and that's where we have to work through. So for example, like I said, if you have a negative experience, that emotion gets stored within our brain so that any time that we have had that suppressed or repressed trauma come up, again, something that is not worked through unconscious, we will react from that scope and that lens. So that's why it's really important to really acknowledge and be aware of your trauma and your triggers and getting more familiar with your patterns in your relationships, for example, or the way that you handle conflict, the way that you talk to yourself, right? Every little thing that has been a significant impact in your life, whether you're realizing that or not, is always stemming from somewhere. We all have this conditioning this deep 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 conditioning between the ages of two and six and that's when we are in the theta brainwave state so essentially what that really means is that we're barely conscious of what's going on in our life right we're we're children and that's where we start to absorb a lot of our conditioning of our programming of this is how we live this is how or I should say, this is right versus this is wrong, right? The way that you grew up has deeply impacted the way that you're perceiving life, the way that you think about yourself. So just something to really think about when we are diving into this episode of how trauma and triggers can be so effective in the way that we move through our life today. So now I want to touch a little bit on triggers because there are different types of triggers so I want you to think of triggers as wounds often like we talked about from our past trauma so when we're triggered we're actually re-experiencing a past injury in present time so it's similar to post-traumatic stress reaction like we just talked about so a sign of being triggered is when a reaction is maybe overwhelming, it is disproportionate to the present event, or just not reasonably related to actual um, present reality. So we can all think about maybe seeing red or freaking out or maybe even shutting down. That's an actual trigger and post-traumatic response. So internal triggers, so those are our primary triggers. So they're always internal. They are potentially dysfunctional personal beliefs that we've learned in childhood. We can also trigger ourselves if we don't measure up to standards within us. Shame-based triggers, right? So internal triggers are basically everything that lives within that has been that has come from an external place, right? We just talked about growing up, maybe living up to a certain standard from a certain caregiver or a parent, right? That is an internal trigger that if I don't live up to this certain expectation, I'm a failure. I'm this. I'm that. So 
external triggers are signs of danger that has proceeded from an earlier wound. So these are things that we learn to react to in order to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel accepted. Sometimes these warnings are helpful, right, in physical danger, being aware of your surroundings, for example. But when we apply those automatically to a different situation, our reactions can be dysfunctional. So for example, maybe you're sensitive about your body size and your partner says something that maybe your dress is too tight or what you're wearing doesn't fit you right. You might feel triggered and you might blow up or you might shut down. Again, that's a trauma response. And you might start to feel like, oh my gosh, maybe my partner doesn't love me. Maybe I don't feel good. Maybe you start to feel a little more conscious of what you're wearing now moving forward. So those are two different types of triggers. And again, that's really important to think about when we go into deeper into this episode of emotional regulation and how to recognize an emotion and where it is coming from. So now that we've understood essentially the root of where our traumas and triggers can come from and form and how they actually have played a role in how we process our emotions today, I want to talk about the three ways that we process emotions. There are three different ways that we process emotions. So the first way is suppression and repression. The second way is expression. And that third way is escape. Suppression happens consciously. That's again going right back to that saying that I talked about earlier of like time heals all or just keep going, keep moving forward. Don't think about it. You're going to get over it, right? That's suppression. We're consciously saying, I don't want to deal with this right now. So I'm just going to shove it deep down in my body and we're going to just pretend that it never happened. Um, I think we all can admit that we've done that before. Um, and that's usually because we don't want to be bothered by our feelings. We don't know what to do with them. So we think the best thing to do is just swallow them. And something to think about too is that the feelings that we are choosing to be suppressed or repressed are actually in accordance with the conscious and the unconscious programs that we carry within us from society and family conditioning, which is really powerful and just wild to think about how our how our brains can distinguish where to put these emotions so basically what that means is that our conscious and unconscious programming we just talked about the conditioning that we've been under when we've grown up right the way that we the way that we've grown up the our belief systems what we're aware of our patterns and all of those different things have come from our family or again, how and when we've grown up. So repression, that is when you are unconsciously choosing to swallow those emotions, we'll say. So usually there's a lot of guilt and fear over the feeling that is not even consciously felt at all. It just goes straight into our subconscious as soon as our ego becomes threatened. So this could be a very traumatic experience for you. Um, Maybe something that's happened in your childhood or at a younger age. And your ego and your brain and your body have just become so unbelievably overwhelmed that you actually just any recollection of that happening. And then there is 
projection. So projection is a defense mechanism people subconsciously use in order to cope with difficult feelings or emotions. So psychological projection involves projecting undesirable feelings or emotions onto somebody else rather than admitting to or dealing with their unwanted feelings. Sigmund Freud was the psychoanalyst that developed this theory of psychological projection. So basically what that means, for example, if you are unaware of projection is that oftentimes, I'm going to give you guys an example. So maybe a one partner in the relationship, for example, was unfaithful to her partner so that she would actually start accusing her partner of cheating. So that's an example of projection that we have trouble expressing or coming to terms with. So you could probably think about maybe an experience that you've had with an intimate partner or a friend and you just start maybe projecting onto them what you think that they're feeling, but in truth, that's what you feel. And we do this a lot because we have unhealed trauma and wounds. And instead of being able to see different perspectives, we only see our perspective. And if you have moved through your emotion or your trauma, you wouldn't be projecting onto your relationship. Another example maybe we can all relate to too Um, is that maybe you are in a new relationship and you start to see the same patterns happening in this relationship that's happened in your past relationships. So maybe you've been cheated on and in this new person, you start to, again, what I just mentioned in that example, you start to feel, oh my gosh, what if this person's cheating on me? And you start to find these little things to nitpick and say, oh my gosh, this is actually equating to this person cheating on me. And I've made up in my mind that this person is cheating so that when you start accusing them, when really there's nothing to maybe be accusing them of, because you start creating that experience or scenario in your head, you're projecting an unhealed wound. So the next way that we process is escaping. So that is the avoidance of feelings through diversion. This usually defaults into toxic ways to express and project. So you could think about alcohol, drugs, addictions. Um, A lot of the times when we escape our feelings, we just don't want to deal with it. So to be truthful, people are just so comfortable staying unconscious. They hate using a moment of alone time to process and think. So if you or anyone that you know really doesn't like to be alone, asking yourself or thinking about like what is the reason for that? And a lot of the times the reason why we don't like to be alone is because we don't want to think, we don't want to process, we don't want to feel. And a lot of that is a trauma response because again, we maybe never have been taught how to actually process healthily Or it's really traumatic for us to process because we might feel unsafe or we just don't feel like we have the tools and the resources to process and move through that emotion on our own. And the last way that we process our emotions is expression. So this is a way of using the feelings that we have to vent 
verbalize or state in our body language, but it's actually the expression of our negative feelings. And with our negative feelings, when we allow that pressure to be let out without neutralizing, it actually can allow that remainder to be then suppressed. So I want you to think about expressing ourselves is a key to get what we want, but in truth, if you have not processed that emotion and neutralized that, it's not going to give you what you want because you're actually going to be projecting and actually maybe reacting versus responding. We have to think about it in this way, you guys. So expressing our feelings, right? Like when we're having conversation and we want to express how we feel, it usually we express ourselves in a way that's one-sided, right? It's our perspective versus actually processing and neutralizing the emotion first. So that's the key to to having a healthy expression and perspective shift. So it's a lot of the times that we're just dumping our negative feelings on others and then that's going to make them feel like we're attacking them. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a place where you've expressed yourself and then it just turns completely opposite and sideways and you were like, what the fuck? Like I thought me expressing how I feel would allow myself to be heard and you to see me But in truth, if we're not actually doing the work first and we're not actually neutralizing, like I said, and processing and digesting what we're feeling underneath that heightened emotion, it's just just going to allow that other person to feel attacked and not heard and seen in themselves. And then in turn, that's going to make them feel they need to express and suppress the rest and escape their feelings, which can obviously, of course, result in unhealthy communication and relationship. So now that we've took a deep dive into how we process our emotions, a deep dive into how trauma and our triggers play a role in how we process our emotions, we can now talk about how we can process our emotions healthily and self-regulate ourselves. Okay, so the first step to this is recognizing our heightened emotion. And that's actually just becoming more intuitively aware of what we're feeling in that moment. So, and I know a lot of us, for example, it's challenging to actually take a step back and think about what we're feeling. But I really invite you, you guys, to anytime you're feeling triggered or really heightened emotion, I want you to try to like remove yourself from the situation just for a minute and just process what you're feeling. It's important to identify your reactive behavior and learn to detach instead of react. So detaching is just basically acknowledging what we feel beneath our reactive emotion. And instead of deciding to go into the next step, which, you know, unconsciously would be to explode or again, express without digesting, take a step back to just acknowledge like, okay, what is this feeling trying to teach me? How can I process this? What is underneath this heightened emotion? So some really great things to journal out if you have a journal with you right now if you're driving just take a mental note um 
But really asking yourself, what is underneath this emotion? What am I actually feeling? How did this person or this trigger make me feel? And really just give yourself time to answer. I promise you, if you get quiet enough to listen, your intuition is going to speak and your mind is going to take you to that place of what you're actually feeling underneath this emotion. So that second step is to identify as well as identify the stories that you're telling yourself. If this other person is involved, what you're feeling from them. It's so important, you guys, to take a moment and validate your emotion. I can't express that enough because I totally get that. You know, when we're uncomfortable, we want to get out of that uncomfort ASAP. You know what I'm saying? I get that. But There is so much power in taking responsibility for what you feel. Acknowledge the story that you're telling yourself. Acknowledge the belief that you feel right now. Acknowledge and take ownership of your emotion and what this experience led you to feel because there's so much underneath that. There's so much to unpack there. So when you can take the time to figure out why you're feeling that way and take ownership of it, guess what? I'm going to have you express yourself in that sensation, in that emotion. I want you to think about how you can move through that and validate yourself and what you're feeling. Like I said, there's so many times where we just want to feel better. We want to let it go. But have you worked through it? Because if you haven't worked through that emotion and validated yourself for feeling that way, It's going to manifest in other places and other situations, I promise you. So take that time to express yourself. Okay, so the next step after taking ownership of that is digesting it. So working with that emotion. Now that you've taken ownership of it, you acknowledge it, you've moved through it, now it's asking yourself, what is this emotion or feeling showing me and teaching me? What's underneath the way that I'm feeling right now? What's underneath this anger? What's underneath this frustration? Maybe that part of you doesn't feel validated, doesn't feel heard, seen. Maybe you feel understood. Maybe this part of you feels fear. And I really want you to think about how you can move through this experience A lot of the work that I do is somatic. A lot of the work that I do with my clients is allowing them to feel what they're feeling and get inside their body. We have to realize too is that, yes, our brain sometimes runs the show and takes control, but our body is the one that's responding. When you get anxious, what is the first acknowledgement of anxiousness? Your body, you start to get maybe clammy, your heart starts to beat really fast, right? Your body is saying, hello, something's off, right? Listen to me. So if you can start getting more into your body, out of your head, it's going to lead you to so many powerful moments and a lot of healing. So I want you to just get into your body and explore this part deeper, So once you've taken some time to really acknowledge what you're feeling, I want you to work with this part, work with this emotion and really get clear on what it needs from you. And you can't do this while you're driving right now, but I really want you guys, if you're listening to this sitting down or pause this part or come back to it later while you're sitting down and do these these exercises collectively together 
And I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to just feel into your body and ask yourself, drop into your heart. I want you to ask yourself, what is needed from you to move through this? And just sit there. And this might be super uncomfortable for some of you. It might be a brand new experience. Some of you that might work with me already know, know the power of this. But I want you to just get still and really ask yourself, what is needed from me? Maybe this is moving through this experience and having converse, having a hard conversation with somebody. Maybe this is just acknowledging you might need some more boundaries in whatever situation this is. Maybe this is acknowledging that you need to speak up for yourself in whatever capacity because when we can start taking a bird's eye view of our scenarios and situations that have triggered us and have caused us a really uncomfortable emotion, it's really important to not only know how to self-regulate yourself and take some time, but also what is the lesson here? What is this showing you? Because there's always, always, always a lesson. And really taking some time to regulate your nervous system, to recognize what you feel, to digest and validate what you feel, and then you can neutralize what you're feeling because you've already worked through that heightened emotion so that when you feel neutral and level-headed, you know exactly the next step to take. You know the inspired action that you need for yourself to move through whatever this is that is heightened for you. So a lot of things that you guys can do just besides journaling and asking yourself these questions and closing your eyes and getting still, you know, self-regulation is also a part of just acknowledging, maybe taking yourself out of a certain situation so that you can calm down. Maybe it's taking yourself out of a reactive behavior or pattern and getting yourself into a space where you can regulate your breath, come back to your breath, and maybe vent and talk to people. It's just ultimately getting aware of your patterns and your behavior so that you know what works best for you. There's so many different ways to self-regulate yourself, but to me, the best way to regulate yourself is to really find the root of the deeper reason of why you feel the way that you feel because it isn't just because someone yelled at you and called you um, a really rude name and that made you feel like crap and ruined your whole day, right? There's always something underneath. There's always a story that we're, we're telling ourselves. There's a belief system that maybe we've picked up in our conditioning when we when we were younger, right? There's always something there and I just really want to empower you all listening to find that space for you so that you can take your power back, so that you can acknowledge where you are and what you're feeling because you're getting to know your true self. And when you get to know your true self, that leads to radical self-acceptance, you guys. And you cannot have self-acceptance until you can accept all parts of you, the good the highs, the lows, the dark, the light. So I'm going to leave you guys on that note. I really hope this episode you took away something impactful on how to start regulating your nervous system, how to move through your triggers and your trauma with more ease. Sending you guys so much love. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Flip the Switch on Life. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you appreciate the show, please jump over to iTunes, give us some stars. If you're feeling for it, write a review. And if you want to learn more about these topics that we discussed today, check out the show notes for more information. Or you can also come hang out, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Instagram is Jessica Marie Step, and I will see you guys next week.